Mob's thoughts. Authenticity. I've been involved in the martial arts for basically my whole life, or, you know, pretty much as long as I can remember. Um, I started at a very young age. <clears throat> and I really enjoy it. I enjoy a lot of things about the study and the practice. Stimulates my mind. One of the things that um, can be really sad, though, about um, the martial arts, whatever that means to people as practiced um, today, at least, you know, I live in America, and uh, as practiced in America and in much of the world, is what it means to, for things to be authentic. What it is to have authentic practice, understanding, and relationships. In multiple previous episodes, I've discussed recognizing historical and cultural context. This is important not just for understanding the practices themselves, but to understanding who you are and why you are in this. It's important for me, and I have a lot of different conflicting thoughts about why I practice the things I do and what it really means. And one of the saddest things I th- see in a lot of martial uh, a lot of people who go into the martial arts is not investigating that historical cultural context, which far from leading to freedom from fear or freedom from illusions or delusions, creates people who are even more involved in their delusions and illusions about themselves and the world and are even more fearful than when they first step through the door. I mean, for most people going into martial arts, they're trying to gain confidence, feel like they can defend themselves, protect themselves. And for various reasons in different places, that may or may not uh, be the result. And a lot of places... Um, places that call themselves authentic such and such, authentic such and such. Um, people come out more afraid than they went in. Um, because despite the authenticity of whatever the lineage is, the actual violence they practice there, the combat drills they do or whatever are not authentic violence. They're not actually uh, uh Violent. They're not actual combat. They're not actual fighting. And they're not investigating actual context. They're only focusing on a several hundred year old context instead of the new one. I'm not saying that all your training, all your time in school has to be this ex- extreme, excruciating, hellish warscape um, <laughs> to get rid of fear. That's, that's not what I mean at all. What is authentic? I mean, authentic, if we're talking about just self-defense or self-protection, identifying why you're in that class in the first place, when is the situation that you would actually use violence to defend yourself? Is it just about yourself or defending someone else? And what is the scale? Um, Is it because someone insulted you, because someone pushed you, because someone punched you, because someone threatened you with a weapon? When or what are the situations where you would actually do uh, or you would actually use violence? 
got to investigate that. Um, but in a lot of these places, things like that, questions like that are not addressed. People don't address them. And it leads to further delusion. They've studied something for 10, 20, 30 years, never investigated the historical cultural context of the lineage they practiced, their own historical cultural context that would lead them to want to practice that, um, particularly if they're not um, a soldier or someone that has to use violence on a regular basis. And oftentimes it comes through in their sparring and stuff. And it leads to, quite frankly, a lot of ego. I've been practicing such and such mystical lineage for 30 years. I'm some kind of god of combat, though. Uh, the only reason they think that is because they're completely divorcing violence from its context. And they have fantastical ideas about themselves and the world. Now... Delusions and illusions are not just from those people that claim to um, practice these authentic ancient lineages. Let us be frank. In the United States, in much of the world, the most important thing for defending yourself is class, money, and the country you're born in. you're born in America, not in all places, but let's say you're born in a middle-class suburb, it is highly unlikely for you ever to experience extreme violence unless you go into a profession. Now, in a lot of those middle-class suburbs, that's where you see the flourishing of these martial arts schools. You know, Speaking to someone, someone I knew, a friend, a close friend one time, you know, and I was talking about martial arts or how I did martial arts, and they were like, why? You want to learn how to fight? I could teach you how to fight. <laughs> this is a person that, you know, came up in relative poverty and um, had had plenty of violent encounters and was not really afraid to fight. So... A lot of these people in the suburbs, they've never had these violence encounters. They've never been exposed to it. And maybe on some level that leads to some fear. Um, so they want to get involved in a martial arts school. And then they go in different directions. The authentic lineage where they have just never addressed context. And it's completely fantastical. Or they go in the extreme, hardcore, combative street survival uh, urban warfare, urban survival, military, whatever. And they still don't really address their fears because just based on the scenario training that I see in a lot of those places, it's essentially about beating up poor people. Just listen to the way they'll like, they drill their little uh, role-playing scenarios. They'll have some violent attacker. What are you doing in my neighborhood, dude? What are you doing in my neighborhood? You need to get out of here now. And then the other person has to be this, you know, calm defender or whatever. And these are people who live in these middle-class suburbs and never go outside of the suburbs ever. <laughs> 
So, uh, and I'm not sure what they think people in poverty, they they think the poor are in poor communities just waiting to attack them. It's just not the case. It's just not the case statistically, whatever. And in fact, uh, going back to the early example, it's the people in these poor communities that are most likely to experience violence, but also many of those people are not at all afraid of violence because they regularly experience it and have no need for a martial arts class. <laughs> More delusion. Further, we cannot divorce uh, the white supremacist context from any of these hardcore combatives, military, blah, blah, blahs. Take Krav Maga. Or whatever you want to do. Let's be frank about what these skills are being used to do. They're not being used to lift the oppressed. They're being used to oppress people. So what is authentic martial arts? What is realistic training? What does it mean to practice martial arts? What is the fruit of martial arts practice? I mean, ideally, we don't live in a world where we have to use violence on a regular basis. But if we want to be prepared for it, we go into a martial arts class that removes our delusions about ourselves, our illusions about the world, and liberates us from fear. It asks us to investigate our deepest fears to investigate why we're there, under what circumstances we believe we would actually fight if it's not something we regularly do, and have made that decision prior to that actual occurrence ever happening. You know, to ask us to deeply investigate our place in the world, our historical and cultural context for practicing these things. In many of the lineages I see that is quite the opposite, potentially all. Many lineages either hide in smug fanaticism, cult thinking, fantastical ideas about combat and violence, or uh, train real violence, truly. But what they train is not used to stop more violence it's used to continue it it's not used to make the world a less violent place it's to keep the poor and the oppressed of the world in their place and at the end of the day this is about violence and war and violence and war is I mean throughout human history about subjugating populations Yes, maybe on small scales we can have conflicts, just natural human conflict. But it seems that throughout history quite often the warrior class or whoever has not been on the side of the oppressed, let us be frank. And despite all the anime and knight-errant stories and blah 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 and stories of freeing the oppressed people, it's 
uh, the exception rather than the rule. And what I don't see in any lineage, any club, is an investigation of that. Many of these lineages and clubs, whether it be the authentic real violence or the fantastical authentic historical lineage, charge very large sums of money for their classes. Of course, that's a natural barrier to many of the people who experience or are more likely to experience violence in the first place. That is never addressed and rarely reconciled. Mostly what I see in martial arts today, authenticity in whatever realm, is yeah, it's very authentic. Martial arts are used to keep the poor and the oppressed of the world in their place.